Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on comics and graphic novel publishing. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly, editor of um, PW Comics World, PW's online coverage of comics and graphic novel, and editor of the Fanatic, uh, uh, PW's uh, twice-a-month comics and pop culture newsletter. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash Comics. All right. Um, more to come, listeners. Uh, this week, uh, I have the pleasure of chatting a little bit, a little bit with Oriana Lackard, who is, let me make sure I get this right because your, your title changed from when I first met you to uh, a little after that. Uh, you're the director of publishing and comics outreach at Kickstarter and, and you're actually moving into a position that Margot Atwell had previously, and I actually spent a, uh, uh, years talking with, uh, Margo about Kickstarter, who I, is, is, um, working more on an international side. I don't have her title in front of me. I apologize. That's okay. Uh, thank you, Calvin, for having me on. I'm excited to be on the show. Um, yeah, Margo is, uh, so I'm on the outreach team at Kickstarter. We're mm. kind of, a we're one of the analog teams at the tech company, kind of a ragtag band of misfits. <laughs> sort of like category and regional experts. Um, and so, yeah, Margot ran the publishing category mm-hmm. for years and years. And now, yeah, she's been promoted. She's now running the entire outreach team. So cool. she's mm-hmm. um, outreach and international. So all of the folks, that's the people who work on games and who work on music and film, also the people who work on our international team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, so she's kind of now managing 12 of us. Um, and I have, mm-hmm. yeah. Assumed, um, trying to fill her extraordinarily large and incredible boots, <laughs> um, managing publishing comics and journalism. And, and on the side of it, if I'm not mistaken, she's a, um, a roller derby girl as well, <laughs> or used to be. She used to yeah. be. Uh, anyway, I don't know if she still is, but well, I don't think she still plays. I don't. Okay, there you go. But uh, she's got a pretty impressive resume <laughs> across the board. Sure does. <laughs> as do you. Uh, and maybe before we uh, uh, really get into uh, well, the impact of Kickstarter, which obviously I think most of our listeners understand, it's really transformed not just comics publishing, but publishing across the board. And, and when we look at Kickstarter, or when Publishers Weekly looks at Kickstarter. We usually look at the combined categories of comics, publishing in general, and journalism. Um, though publishing can obviously get, can can encompass even more than that. Uh, but tell us a little bit more about yourself, because uh, as apparently you're a hip historian uh, <laughs> as well. And uh, I actually think hipster is a uh, positive term. Some people don't, but I do. Uh, but look, tell us a little bit about what you did before, um, and, uh, and yourself in general. Yeah, totally. So I am, uh, uh, my, most of my career has been spent, I've been kind of half and half in digital media and traditional book publishing. So I started out at Random House back before it was Penguin Random House. Oh, okay. A little bit. Um, I worked for a literary agency. I worked for a ghostwriting firm where I was a matchmaker for ghostwriters. Um, I did. I was a freelance editor for um, many, many years, probably for more than a hundred, uh, like small presses, individual authors, things like that, magazines, websites, and yeah, I've had a long uh, career as an arts and culture journalist. Um, I wrote a book a few years ago called Brooklyn Spaces, which chronicles. 50 hubs of culture and creativity, mostly sort of DIY and mm-hmm. underground art and culture spaces across the borough. 
a friend of mine about a decade ago gave me the term hipstorian and I don't <laughs> remember who it was. There was, I really thought it was one woman and many years later I saw her at a party and I thanked her for giving me that moniker. <laughs> She said, I didn't come up with that. So no, <laughs> I don't know. It's don't awesome. Know. So, yeah, whatever. It's yours now. <laughs> it's mine now. I've embraced it. It's been on my uh, my cute little business cards for, you know, 10 plus years. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, well, look, I mean, in, in sometime, I think it was in 2012 here at PW, maybe a year or two before that, we published a piece. And I think it was is Kickstarter the number two graphic novel publisher in the U.S. And believe me, the traffic on that piece exploded, which I guess pretty much justified us pub- publishing the piece in the first place. Um, uh, we weren't we were pretty serious. I mean, when you look at the output uh, of what uh, is funded on Kickstarter, when you look on at uh, the options that Kickstarter has given, you know, obviously not just individual artists, but uh, small publishers, some larger publishers, uh, entities that maybe didn't realize that they could be a publisher, the option that it's provided um, to release works, to find an audience, to test a work. I mean, it's really amazing. Um, Kickstarter has transformed uh, publishing in general, and it's certainly transformed uh, comics publishing. I like to give these little speeches. So, um, so maybe, uh, look, first off, maybe just give our listeners who, who may not know, uh, just an idea of what Kickstarter is. And, and then I want to ask you a little bit about uh, 2020. Totally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Your little speeches are great, by the way. I love oh. it. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> my thoughts. Uh, to the dulcet tones of your soothing okay, voice. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so Kickstarter, Kickstarter is a crowdfunding platform where people come to bring creative projects to life. A couple of quick things that set Kickstarter apart from the larger crowdfunding landscape. Our platform is only for creative work, so you can't kickstart charitable donations, investment funding, um, your entire, each project has to be designed to create something new to share with the world. Uh, that's one big thing. Um, we are the only platform that's all or nothing funding. So mm-hmm. if you say that you're going to raise $10,000 and you raise $8,000, you get none thousand dollars, no money. Um, <laughs> there are, there are strategic reasons that it was designed that way. I know a lot of people find it scary, but it was actually, um, the intent all along has been, in fact, to protect the artist. Because if you say, <clears throat> I need 10 grand to publish this graphic novel, here's what I'll give you. If you help me, uh, raise that money, it will look this way, have this trim size, this paper quality, this many pages. And then you only raise $6,000. If we gave you, if if you received that money and then went on to try to now you're looking to bring your project to life with an incomplete budget. So mm-hmm. what are your options? You're either going to have to sink your own money into it. You're going to produce something that's like way inferior than what you had promised. You're going to let down your backers and yourself. It's really like a recipe for like bad news all mm-hmm. around. So the idea is, you know, if a, if a creator is making an honest accounting of what is required, then you shouldn't do it unless you get there. You know, I, mm-hmm. one of, um, one of the most, you know, the paragons of Kickstarter comics, uh, Spike Trotman, yes. founder of Iron <laughs> Comics, she said a failed Kickstarter is a dodged bullet. And I think that's true. I think yeah. if you conceive a project that is that where the scope exceeds 
your ability to reach your crowd, um, that just means that you need to reimagine the project, you know, maybe scale back your ambitions, maybe fund part of it and work on the second part later. Think about building your audience, which will ultimately be tremendously helpful for you as an artist into the future. Um, anyway, and so, so that's the sort of like the basis reason why we're an all or nothing platform. Um, one of the practical effects is because of that urgency, because of mm-hmm. that tangible, fixed, uh, you know, all or nothing feeling, it really helps propel creators to and beyond their funding goal. Mm-hmm. So it is both beneficial, uh, you know, to conceiving and creating a great project and also to raising the funds that you need. Mm-hmm. Um, the final thing I'll just mention about Kickstarter mm-hmm. <coughs> is that we're a public benefit corporation, um, which is, uh, you know, like a legally defined business structure. We reincorporated mm-hmm. several years ago as a public benefit corporation, um, mm-hmm. which essentially makes us a uh, mission-driven for-profit organization where everything we do comes back to our mission, helping creators bring projects to life. So mm-hmm. we cannot be coerced by uh, board members, stakeholders, stockholders to pursue uh, changes to the platform in pursuit of profits if it undermines our creative mission. So um, that's what makes Kickstarter different than your other. That's, that's very interesting because I honestly had no understanding of what a public benefit corporation was or a company or whatever. Uh, is, this, is this a new um, category of business? Because you're not a nonprofit, obviously. Right, right. Um, I don't know that it's new. Hmm. I wouldn't want to speak yeah, uh, too right. authoritatively about the business charter, but um, I know, you know, it's not, we are not the only one in the world. I know Patagonia is another uh, pretty prominent public benefit <laughs> corporation. Bookshop.org, which I think we'll probably we, talk about later, is a public will. benefit corporation. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and it, some people say, oh, is that like a B Corp? It's not quite, um, uh-huh. it's actually much more restrictive than a B Corp. Um, and it involves uh, some sort of external um, oversight. I'm not, again, I don't want to yeah. say, mm-hmm. I don't want to be wrong, but I know that for a B Corp, uh, you, you, the company can decide, eh, we don't want to be a B Corp anymore and just mm-hmm. like quietly change it. But with a public benefit corporation structure, you cannot do that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, but it does help you focus on um, your mission. I mean, it, it, it yeah, it, I, I assume it's structured that way. So, so look, uh, 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 as I said before, Kickstarter, and as you reiterated, Kickstarter really has changed the landscape. Uh, but boy, oh boy, what a landscape in, in 2020. Uh, everybody had to deal with it, uh, with a lot of new stuff, including Kickstarter. And I, I wrote something about this, you know, toward the end of last year. Obviously, there was a unionizing effort going on at Kickstarter. Uh, uh, the pandemic, pandemic, excuse me, hit, or, or the pandemic, damn it. Uh, <laughs> um, so look, Kickstarter went through some some stuff and has come out on the other side. So maybe you can uh, talk a little bit about unionizing effort, the layoffs, and then Kickstarter's rebound after after these. Yeah, totally. It is still, even though I lived through all of those pieces, so wild. Yeah. <laughs> All happened within the last 12 months. My gosh. Uh, yeah. So we, um, uh, I haven't talked about the union in a minute. Um, but so I, I can't give you like the kind of whole lead up timeline, but we had our union election mm-hmm. in January of 2020. Um, uh, and NLRB overseen election. Mm-hmm. Um, our union was certified 
gosh, it was like the, it was like the end of February. I yeah, I think that's. The union was certified. I took two deep breaths. I went to Texas for AWP. I took three deep <laughs> breaths, came back. The pandemic had come. The office was closed. We were, all thought we would be on hold for a couple of weeks and then go back to work. Yeah. LOL. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. And so, um, so, uh, you know, to just where the union stuff is. So the thing, uh, if you, you know, depending on how much you know about unions, hmm. we won. We won our union. KSRU yeah. is an officially certified union uh, with the OPEIU um, Office of Professional – shoot, why did I go down this path? Something with office workers. <laughs> That's uh, all right. You don't have to go into all the agencies necessarily. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm so, more concerned about how it impacts, you know, your staff. Uh, are you a member of the union or are you a member of management? No, I'm, I'm still in the union. Uh-huh. Um, okay, cool. I was part of the union organizing efforts. I have not been – promoted out of the union because I have no one below me. So that's our distinction is whether you manage people. Um, Where we are with the union right now is we have elected a collective bargaining committee and we are working with management and the union and the lawyers to bargain our first contract. So those efforts are ongoing. Materially, there have not been, I don't think, any specific changes yet. We have regular meetings. We talk about all the things that we want to see in uh, the first tech union contract and Hopefully, you know, it will have tremendous positive ramifications for everyone at Kickstarter and like everyone in the tech industry writ large. Yeah, absolutely. No, all eyes are on it will certainly be on the Kickstarter union and I guess the Amazon union as well. Uh, Should it should that vote go through? Um, So um, bated breath for that. (laughs) Yes, of course. Now, um, uh, Kickstarter also went through, uh, I guess, uh, roughly the same time. you know, some layoffs and buyouts, I think. So what is the size of the staff, uh, you know, at Kickstarter now? Um, I think we are right around 100. I don't mm-hmm. – it might be a little below, a little above. Okay. I, I, I don't know the latest number, but yeah. And I think there was roughly somewhere between 25 and 40 people that were either laid off or bought out. You don't – I mean, I'm not yeah. – you don't have to comment on that if that's <laughs> – you know, my reporting suggested something along those lines. Yeah, I think, I think that that's, I think that's true. Yeah, okay. I think, I think something like 30, 30 to 40% of the headcount at that time, something like that. All right. So, okay. So, you know, really, uh, like a lot of businesses, uh, today, okay, you, you, you've come through on the other side. I know, I mean, you, you've, you launched a variety of new programs to help. Uh, Kickstarter campaigners, but I, maybe first, maybe before we get into some of that stuff, what what's, uh, what is the size of, of Kickstarter, the Kickstarter publishing now? And I'd love to if you could break it down both this general publishing, all of it together, I guess, and then you know for our listeners, the comics and graphic novel publishing. Sure. Well, and I guess let me um, let me just do like a super quick what happened in twenty twenty. Yeah, please. Like, okay, yeah, go right ahead. Sure. Um, because. I think it's I think it's pretty relevant to sort of like what happened and what it means for publishing and comics. So sure. what happened at the beginning once the pandemic reached the US, March and April, um, launch projects plummeted. And mm-hmm. you know, as I said, being a public benefit corporation, Kickstarter has one we make money in one way, and that is when creators succeed at running projects. Yeah. That's it. We have no other income stream, you know, no, nothing else. So, and it is totally understandable in the spring that everybody, you know, again, with a site designed only for creative work, you look around as a creative person, everyone you know has just 
lost their day job and yep. their night job and their side hustle, uh, maybe it's not the best time yeah. to be asking folks to, you know, fund your lavish letterpress, um, <laughs> yes, yeah. publishing project. Hardcover, full color. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So it totally makes sense. March, April, and into May, things were quite dire. That's what mm-hmm. led to the layoffs. Um, the What happened next, I think, surprised maybe everybody. <laughs> I'm not sure, but uh, things turned around and went on this wild upward trajectory through the summer into the fall, continuing actually to now. Um, Ah. Certainly, I think that there are many reasons for this. Um, I can talk about some of them. But when, you know, because our most projects run for 30 days, it was really not until like the middle of February that we had a full accounting of what really happened in 2020. But by the numbers, um, in several of our categories, 2020 was the best year ever for Kickstarter, and that includes games and publishing and comics. Wow. Publishing and comics each brought in $10 million more in 2020 than the previous best year ever. Wow. Um, so that's massive, massive jump. Wow. Uh, and I think at one point you had told me that you, uh, the campaigns were down nearly 40% because of the pandemic early on. So I don't actually have those numbers quickly to hand. I know we are still – I don't think that we have recovered the number of launched projects no, on like a daily, mm-hmm. weekly, monthly basis. Um, what has happened, though, is that the success rate has leapt tremendously. <laughs> and it was it was one of the highest – the rates for comics, anyway, were one of the highest success rates on Kickstarter uh, already. Currently, comic in, in 2020, the success rate for comics was 74%, which is more than double the wow. site average. The, like, the, you know, all-time average success rate on Kickstarter is about 38%. Um, and <laughs> wow. some category, yeah. Uh, so, so that's what it was for comics. Uh, publishing the success rate in 2020 was 49%. Mm-hmm. So not quite as high, but, um, yeah, so although we are not seeing quite as many projects launched as pre-pandemic times, the projects that do launch are doing tremendously well. They're overfunding more than they used to. They're succeeding at a higher rate. You know, backers are really, really showing up to support these projects, even and perhaps maybe because of the moment that we're living in. You know, I mean, we all have just spent the last 12 months watching, you know, movies and reading (laughs) books. Like, of course we want more. Also, I think, although clearly there are a tremendous number of people suffering still, for those of us who achieved some kind of pandemic stability. I mean, I have a ton of disposable income that I am accustomed to spending on museums and circuses and fire spinners and weird underground parties and warehouses. I am overjoyed to put that money into whimsical creative projects, and I'm certainly not alone. So that's sort of what has happened through 2020. It continues into 2021. I'm looking at my numbers. I mean, Stats for 2021 are, it's kind of weird. It's only been, you know, mm-hmm. a month, whatever, but the success rate in comics is at 71% right wow. now. Um, well, well, it's very interesting. I mean, I mean, I work in book publishing. I can get books for free. Uh, I just donated to, uh, a, the Carrie Randolph, um, <laughs> uh, you know, a, a big fat, uh, fabulous looking hardcover, uh, you know, uh, uh, graphic novel coming out with some tremendous uh, uh, creators. So, yeah, um, you know, I mean, I, I, you're trapped at home. 
Uh, although we're starting to maybe see uh, a point where we can, you know, go outside and go do events again, but still at all, um, uh, you know, this is kind of what we've been doing for the last year. But what, what, but, but what's really also exciting about Kickstarter, and this was really from the beginning, uh, is its ability to bring projects to, uh, to the readers and to the fans. Uh, into a marketplace that, you know, maybe a conventional publisher wouldn't have taken a chance on. Um, so uh, uh, maybe you can tell us a little bit about uh, uh, their ability to bring in creators, uh, uh, non-traditional creators, if that's an appropriate way to, to talk about them. But really, women, uh, 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 creators of color of all kinds, the LGBTQ committee. I mean, uh, we, we spoke about Spike. Uh, Trotman, who turned herself into a Kickstarter expert early on uh, yeah. with her ability to – so maybe you could talk a little bit about the uh, – how Kickstarter has kind of become a voice of the people in a certain kind of way. Yeah, I mean I would love to – certainly we – yes, Kickstarter – the Kickstarter projects are incredibly queer, incredibly diverse, just like really brilliant, like – demonstrating uh, voices from so many marginalized communities, um, you know, regionally in levels of ability and levels of preference. And, you know, it, it's, it's quite incredible. And certainly we do everything we can to cultivate that, um, to make mm -hmm. sure that we are uplifting marginalized voices um, and folks from disadvantaged communities wherever and whenever possible. But I think it's also the nature of what Kickstarter is, um, it naturally, you know, it is a perfect home for folks who have been overlooked by the mainstream mm -hmm. for whatever reason, especially folks who can demonstrate that there is a need and a desire for these kinds of projects. You know, the whole everybody thinks about the funding side of crowdfunding. Not everybody thinks about the crowd, but that's the whole <laughs> thing, right? You bring a crowd together to clamor for the creative work that you're producing You've won. You've done the thing. And so just because, you know, mainstream publishing has for way too long been dominated by, you know, largely white male. <laughs> we know who we know who's dominating it. <laughs> right. That doesn't mean that there isn't a crowd waiting for your incredibly, you know, your queer story, your story about your uh, multicultural upbringing, you know, your mm -hmm. any kind of like creative tale that you have to tell. There are people out there who want to hear it. And Kickstarter is designed to help you find them and to make them excited for what you're doing and lend your, their support. Yeah, and I think um, one of the things you mentioned about the uh, Kickstarter uh, paradigm, which, you know, you've got to make the money, the you know, the budget that you put up that you're trying to fund, you've got to make it. I mean, I think it gives a more validity to the projects. It lets you know that you've got a solid group out there that's anticipating this book. I, I, I mean, I, 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 and of course, I mean, maybe we can talk about this um, a little bit more uh, as we go on. Uh, the phenomenon of Kickstarter publishing projects moving over to conventional publishers. Um, or even I'm finding out later conventional book publishing projects that I find out actually had a start on Kickstarter and, and, and I didn't know anything about it. At some point, yeah, I think we'll, I'd love to talk more about some of the stuff that's going up on Kickstarter now. Uh, but, um, let's see. Why don't we, very quickly, we, we, you talked a little bit about coming through 2020, about the challenges, uh, that Kickstarter faced like every other, uh, business. 
Um, um, uh, but the return of the uh, of, of of people interested in the projects. Uh, apparently, a hockey stick were a uh, uh, rise in um, in uh, funding uh, from these same people. Uh, what are you doing now after this? Uh, are there new services? I know you started a few things to just sort of get things going. What can you tell us now about what uh, as as you come out of the uh, or hopefully as we all come out of the pandemic? To some extent. Yeah, uh, I don't know what we have that's specifically designed for, you know, helping people get back to life. Uh, a lot of the things that we did during the pandemic, we sort of expanded our rule about, you know, a project must bring a tangible creative work to life. Um, with our, we did a big lights on initiative, which was designed mm -hmm. to help. Uh, it was sort of championed by um, a metal music venue in Brooklyn called St. Vitus, who ran a mm -hmm. tremendously successful campaign back in April, um, largely to keep, you know, get money for the staff, keep the business sure. cool. Mm -hmm. um, so that was a big initiative. And we saw, I've tried very hard to get bookstores to jump on with that. Um, I have almost, almost clinched a few. We did not I mean, there are plenty of bookstores on the platform, but mm -hmm. I was not able to get any bookstores to run campaigns under that specific rubric. Mm -hmm. um, we also did in every every year, pandemic or no, in, in January, February, we do two creator prompts. One is called Make 100. Um, mm -hmm. It's sort of like new year, new creative life, like start something fun and creative as in the new year. Um, it's a good starter campaign. Just make 100 of a thing, whether that's 100 drawings of monsters, 100 mm -hmm. you know, postcards sent from afar, anything that you want. Um, so we wrapped that a few weeks ago. We also do a big thing called Zine Quest, which is a largely RPG games community mm -hmm. prompt. So, yeah, oh, there's currently a prompt running called Long Story Short in our film team, um, which is to fund short films. So those are some of the kinds of things that we are – we're always kind mm. of talking to creators yeah. to figure didn't out. Didn't you do an online – not to interrupt you. Didn't you do an online panel that I thought that was uh, very interesting? You brought a bunch of creators together. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm losing the thread of what it was, but I, I put it in my newsletter. So. <laughs> yeah, what did I do? I did a panel with Global Comics. Uh, I with um, I've also done. Am I allowed to say a WonderCon panel? But those yeah, I think sure. are released. <laughs> yeah, I know. The, well, there was some weirdness about like you can acknowledge that you're doing one, but you can't say who's on it or something. Oh, oh, there you go. Well, that's it. <laughs> I think okay. that comes out next week. Okay, um, well, don't get in yeah, trouble. No, I, do, that's okay. I do panels whenever I can. I do webinars whenever I can. Right. I've done a couple of publishing on Kickstarter 101 webinars with some hybrid publishers lately with mm. um, Wise Inc. in, I think, Minneapolis and Mascot Books here in New York. Um, yeah, I've been on a couple of comics panels. I was on another comics podcast. Well, we recorded it last week, but I think it comes out. This week, uh, yeah. If you, hey, find me on Twitter if you want me to come on your there you come go. talk. Yeah. <laughs> Oriana Bklyn. She's available excited. for podcasting punditry. All right, um, great. Well, um, so so what can we look at, or or what should maybe uh, people potential uh, Kickstarter uh, artists or publishers? Uh, what should they look for on now? What's on um, Kickstarter, a new trend now that might be very useful to a creator to know about? Let's see. Well, so trend-wise, 
because um, on the on the comics and graphic novel side, we are seeing a great number of traditional comics writers and artists, you know, work for the Marvel, work for DC, mm-hmm. who are saying, okay, it's time to do the thing that I want to do, the mm-hmm. project I've always wanted to make while I've been drawing for other people. Here's what's been in my heart. We just had um, Afua Richardson do uh, the Book of Myrrh. We've got one mm-hmm. launching in a couple of weeks. Um, what... Eric Powell is doing a graphic novel about Ed Gein. Uh, yeah, so that's that's a big trend. We're seeing a lot of those. We're also seeing a lot of sketchbook and art book mm-hmm. projects, similar sort of like, here's the stuff that I draw just for my heart, you know, not yeah. not being paid. Elsa Chartier did a great one. Um, what's I'm just looking at my list to see what's what's up right now. Uh, oh, Devin Devin L. Kurtz has one up right now. Um, yeah, so those are a couple of trends we're seeing in the graphic novel and comics world. In publishing, I have been just in awe of our children's book category lately. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Of bilingual children's books. And like mm-hmm. our voices, children, our own voices, children's books, books mm-hmm. that are, you know, from all different kinds of, uh, you know, to like uphold languages that are becoming obscure and traditions and cultures that are falling out. So, um, and then also just there's uh, there's a new comics a, a new publishing project that launched yesterday, um, which is from the archives of Douglas Adams. It's a huge oh, deluxe hardcover. I'm not even with, I'm not familiar. This is really new. I don't. <laughs> yeah, no, literally yesterday, uh, it's called Forty Two: The Wildly Improbable Ideas of Douglas Adams ah. uh, from never before seen notes and to do lists and little like sketches. Uh-huh. His sort of like mantras to himself and things. It's great. There's um, La Divina Commedia. Some uh, a, a brilliant artist i think the artist is in new york and the publisher which largely works in facsimiles is in rome they've made this uh you know a new high-end letterpress fully hand illustrated illuminated manuscript of the divine comedy um so that's up right now uh how to think when you draw this guy lorenzo etherington he and his brother are comics artists and they write these big like 300 page hardcover tutorials just like full to the brim with um drawing lessons and 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 that sort of thing they've raised over seven hundred thousand dollars already uh there's um it's it's just amazing i know you could go on and on and on because it's really uh incredible uh how kickstarter has empowered uh these new um, new publishing entities to come about. I mean, one of the, one press that I'm very interested so in is, uh, oh yeah, sorry. Let me also just add. So those were the other, another thing I, Kickstarter is so important for individual creators. Mm-hmm. It's also so important for, as you've been saying, for small publishers. Yeah. You've got PM press. Yes. I was about to mention that. So go on. <laughs> they run one almost every month. We have Birdcage Bottom Books is on mm-hmm. with their new season, funding several books at a time. Um, yeah. So it, it's not, it is incredible for individuals. It is also incredible for, uh, you know, more traditional publishing folks. And oh, the, um, excellence, the Kari Roberts project that you were talking about yeah. is from Skybound. So we've got, you know, everybody knows Boom was on the platform, but we've also got Diamond. We've also got, uh, yeah, so there's a lot of um, – Yeah, and uh, that's interesting too. because I think at one point there, I think there was this sort of narrative going around that sort of was – well, you know, sometimes the comics community can be, you know, a little, uh, you know, intolerant sometimes. Uh, 
even in the face of innovation. And it was like, well, it's not for companies and somehow. But really, this is a platform that can be used creatively by anybody, small publishers, even some very large publishers. You're mentioning PM Press, for instance. Yeah, we certainly so. I I think that, you know, there is a bit of a a misapprehension that – there's kind of like a limited number of backers with a limited <laughs> yes. number of followers, right? And so if you see Boom on the platform where their projects pull in, what, you know, 6,000 backers, people mistakenly assume that all those backers won't be for them. And in fact, the opposite is true. Like the, the thing that people don't think about with a project like that is that it brings a tremendous number of people to the platform, many of them first-time backers. And we have, you know, through our analytics and our our software, we can see they stay a large yeah. percentage of those people. In fact, they, you know, they back for the deluxe Marty, Mar- Mighty Morphin Power Rangers or the Keanu Reeves book, and then they come back or they stay that day and search and there around. There are also super backers on Kickstarter too. Yeah. Totally. I mean, there are people, and I've met some and in interview some people who back hundreds of projects. Yeah. It's yeah. like their thing. Yeah. I mean, and why not? You yeah. know, it's just yeah. a line. <laughs> To the creators, especially why not during the pandemic when you cannot go to a comic store, when you cannot go to a bookstore and get, you know, hand recommendations from sweet, wonderful booksellers. Why not just go directly to the people? And, you know, I mean, I've been so, so overjoyed with the generosity, particularly in comics, because it's a bit of an insular um it's a bit of an insular world. Like <laughs> almost every comics campaign I see now in their backer updates, they spend their whole time uh, lifting up other campaigns that are live on the site. They do long Twitter threads of like other people who are, you know, doing the same kind of thing. There was uh, this guy, Andy Belonger, who's a, an, uh, an indie wrestler in Canada, <laughs> ran a project in the winter for this comic book called Mother Trucker. And he found four other people who had live campaigns at the same time. I don't think he knew them previously. Mm-hmm. And they set up a live drawing event, you know, just oh, to like mm-hmm. bring all of their audiences together, share their resources. So I, yeah, it's, it's quite remarkable how much of a community um, exists and can be found and created uh, within, within doing these projects. Yeah. And um, it, 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 well, it, it's just a really exciting time uh for independent publishing and Kickstarter is a big reason for that. I, I just like to mention something that's one of my favorite. I mean, PM Press raised, uh, uh, the money for this uh, book, Crossroads, which is this incredible history of these amazing South African women during the 1970s in Cape Town that fought the apartheid government from destroying their homes in the townships. And this is an incredible work. And I'm just a big fan of really serious nonfiction in the form of comics. And uh, that's an amazing book. And PM Press, uh, but, you know, every time Stephen brings me a project, uh, you know, I'm like, I didn't really think you could possibly top the last one. <laughs> been better. And one thing that PM Press does, which I tell many creators about in all of their campaigns now, they have a buy one, give one tier with the Crossroads project. They had fulfillment partners and like organizations in South Africa where, uh. you know, where they were going to bulk ship you know, however many where people could donate a book to those folks in those communities today mm-hmm. um, through their through their uh, Kickstarter backing, which I just think is so beautiful. And then on the other hand, also, the Kickstarter has this ability to raise absolutely jaw dropping amounts of money. I mean, for, you know, let's say, you know, 
you know, politically exciting projects, but also for just for straight up pop culture, you know, I want to see this kick ass story projects. Um, I mean, we're seeing projects for Keanu Reeves, um, has a book project, uh, the wonderful comics writer Scott Snyder. I think did a Kickstarter where we're talking about raising hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, uh, or someone like Cory Doctorow, who I yeah, believe has yeah, raised hundreds of thousands of dollars for an audio book production yeah. so that he can control how the book, uh, is circulated through the ebook is circulated through the community. Um, the number of levels that Kickstarter, uh, is impactful on is really sort of ex- extraordinary. But you know what I want you to talk about now is bookshop.org. Let's let's get to that. Yeah, for sure. I'm so so excited. This is, you know, my my first kind of like big initiative in this you Oh, know, okay, great. Re- Even better. <laughs> do this partnership. Yeah, so I so Bookshop um if folks don't know is a it's an online bookseller. It is positioned as an alternative to uh, that other online bookseller. <laughs> yes, who shall remain don't, nameless. <laughs> don't even need to say their, say their name. Um, with Bookshop, Bookshop is also a public benefit corporation, as I mentioned yes. way earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, with every purchase that you make through them, a portion of the proceeds are donated to independent bookstores. So it is literally designed to keep small bookshops alive. Uh, you can also, they have an affiliate program by which any small bookstore or, you know, reading club or author or anything, you can make your own storefront. Um, and any books sold through that portal, a percentage of those proceeds will go back to your organization. So that was where I started from with our partnership. Um, I made a Kickstarter, uh, bookshop storefront, but so the, so there were two kind of like things that I was doing there. The first is that I really wanted to highlight, um, you know, we've talked and talked about, uh, independent comics thriving on Kickstarter, independent books and self-published books. It's kind of a different beast. I think, um, you know, I don't think I will blow any minds to note that, um, publishing the traditional publishing industry has long been very elitist uh very enamored of its own gatekeepers there has long been a real stigma against self-publishing um but i wanted to you know demonstrate with this partnership that like a lot of both publishers as we've discussed but also individuals can begin the life of their book on kickstarter and then carry it forward Mm -hmm. into the trade um so that you know in order for, for a book to be for sale on bookshop it has to be distributed via ingram uh and so that's you know and it has to have an isbn and no, you know so it's got to be available in the general trade market as well exactly mm-hmm. exactly so the point of my storefront was to highlight uh something that you said i think earlier in this conversation books that you had no idea began <laughs> their life on kickstarter because yeah. that doesn't have to be the whole story i mean i love that it is part of it but <clears throat> you know, Kickstarter exists to bring creative ideas to life and then they live and those lives can be long and vast and varied. Anyway, the other, um, <laughs> which I, the other element of this partnership, which I think is really important is, you know, as I said, the affiliate relationship is essentially financial. The idea is to give money to the entity with the storefront. Well, as I've also discussed about Kickstarter being a public benefit corporation, like we kind of, we can't, make money in any way other than through projects. So mm-hmm. the idea of the partnership was always uh, that we would take that money and give it somewhere. We actually had to do a contractual workaround so that we never, we weren't even the pass through like Kickstarter can't even mm-hmm. have the money, but all of the money goes to um, NYC books through bars, yes. which mm-hmm. is this incredible uh, kind of like punk nonprofit there. Um, I used to volunteer for them when I first moved mm-hmm. to the city very long ago. Um, 
they send books for free to incarcerated people yes. all across the country. Uh, people write in <coughs> and say, I would love to learn more about the law or gosh, I miss reading fantasy novels um, and books through bars. It now operates uh, in the bottom of Freebird books in Red Hook. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's true that they still do. I haven't volunteered for them in a long I time. I think they do because I wrote a story about this. So go on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, uh, incarcerated people write to them with their preference. They've got shelves and shelves and shelves full of donated books. They choose the books. They mail them out. It's <laughs> they're a really, really lovely organization. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's the sort of partnership, um, I made. We've got five lists. There's books, comic books, children's books, art books, and cookbooks. Um, I think the biggest list has 50 some books on it. The smallest has about a dozen. Mm. Uh, one thing I didn't realize I should have done right away, but will be doing soon is adding a Google form so that people can say, uh, hey, I should be on these lists mm-hmm. and submit their books for consideration because it was actually, uh, you know, I knew I wanted to do this, but then figuring out how, because there's not an easy way, you know, I mean, I've yeah. still got- How do you choose the books? Do, do, do you just, you know, do I, a search? Do you wait for authors to pitch you or? I think in the future, yes, I will hopefully wait for authors to pitch me, mm-hmm. but, you know, for this initial launch, uh, there are, thousands of previous Kickstarter publishing projects. And so I needed to figure out first I needed to narrow it down to just books. Then I needed to like figure out what did they do with that book? You know, did it get an ISBN? Was it available for trade distribution? You know, so it actually became a big research project. Sometimes, you know, somebody did publish their book seven years later under a different title, you know, so I don't Mm -hmm. think I found them all. Uh, I definitely, I tried to find as many as I could, but I, those lists, I hope to, for them to, you know, exist in perpetuity and grow and grow as, as more terrific books, uh, become eligible for inclusion well i just want to i just want to go over a couple of things that caught my eye and and i mentioned uh i mentioned the uh the excellence project and you talked about that a little bit uh i'm also looking forward uh, because i've actually started reading it already because i've got the inside track but uh the data clan came to town by bill campbell who uh, besides being a terrific writer uh, a terrific comics writer and a novelist is also the publisher of rosarium uh, uh, publishing, uh, a very interesting indie comics, um, publisher, uh, but really an uh, indie publisher because they do comics and prose. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, 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 this, I guess, this isn't really a book, but I'm curious about it. The, the Mike Mignola documentary. Oh, yeah. That's being even... funded through Kickstarter. That's going gangbusters. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just pulling that up to see how much, uh, yeah, I know it's some crazy I'm... number, I'm sure by now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're oh, they have eight days to go. Oh, my slow computer. Sorry, now I'm like heightening <laughs> the anticipation. Three hundred and seventy thousand dollars. Yes, I mean sure. we we can't ignore the fact that that Kickstarter has raised jaw dropping numbers. And I, and I remember covering a couple of years ago the first comic to uh, generate a million dollars in funding. Which uh, was I'm, I'm embarrassing. I can't remember the name of the comic, but. Um, I remember just sitting and watching the Kickstarter as the numbers just kept coming in. Yeah. And just amazing. Uh, but what else? Uh, the saddest, angriest black girl in town. Now, I first met Robin Smith, who launched this campaign, because uh, she's a student th- at the Center for Cartoon Studies. Uh, and I saw her work first as a portfolio reviewer. 
She now also has another book coming out from DC, uh, with the novelist LL McKinney and it's, it's, it's Nubia. And it's a, you know, uh, it's the story of, of Nubia, Wonder Woman's black twin sister and it's a oh. YA graphic novel from a different point of view. Uh, it's really interesting. So you, you see these Kickstarter artists, uh, functioning with one foot in traditional publishing and then one foot in the indie publishing movement. So, um, uh, and, and so there's all kinds of stuff. I'm, you know, another thing I'm interested in, I saw this project that looked fascinating to me. Uh, it's called Gaining STEM. Uh, it's, oh, yeah. Gaining it's a, STEM. Yeah, yeah, it's all yeah, about yeah. scientists at the University of Wisconsin, Madison. Totally. I mean, why yeah. not? <laughs> yeah, you know, there's another, I was just going to say another wild one that's on right now. It's called Letters to Margaret. It is, uh, it's a, a story. It's a graphic novel about writing crossword puzzles. It's told from two perspectives. You, like one, you, you read through half the book and then you flip it over and the other one you read from back to front and it's got crossword puzzles in the story that you can do while you read them. I actually, <laughs> okay. my very first, I, I mentioned that I started my career at Random House, my very first publishing job. I was an editorial assistant in the puzzles and games category working on crossword puzzles. So this one is super close to my heart. Um, yeah, there's, it's, I mean, I, I'm sure I sound like a shell, but it is <laughs> bananas. The like wild range of creativity that you can find on our platform. It's really unbelievable. Well, I mean, it's, uh, from the outside looking in, it looks, uh, pretty exciting, uh, to be actually to be able to work for Kickstarter. Uh, <laughs> I actually have visited the headquarters out in Brooklyn and pretty impressive. I miss that office. Man. Pretty impressive when, uh, you know, when you would, you know, when I guess there was an in office to go to. Uh, but hopefully we'll all get back to that. So, you know, we're kind of winding down now. Um, I don't know. Is there anything you want to add here? Um, as far as what's coming up at Kickstarter in the future? Uh, yeah. uh I don't know. I was we, looking. We, we've the, kind of covered the, it all here, but. Right. The, the good projects that I know are coming up, I don't think I'm allowed to mention. I mean, obviously watch the space and you will see all the good launches. Um, I've been trying not, I have not fully succeeded, but I've been trying each every Tuesday. I might do it when we get off this uh, recording to tweet, you know, my five or 10 like favorite launches of the week um, just to like, you know, get that out into, out into the community. Um, yeah. Other things to say, you know, try it. I mean, obviously yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm going to say, but you know, whatever it is that you're doing, uh, if you can do an honest accounting of what, what you need and have uh, a realistic understanding of what is possible for you, of how many people you can reach, how big your community is, what kind of signal boosters you can identify to amplify your message. Like, uh, it's a really cool, <clears throat> it's a really good experience to run a campaign to figure out how many people really care about what you're doing. Um, yeah, give it a shot. But and back then- above. And if they care, they will deliver. They, they will totally. deliver for you for sure. Totally. Yeah. Anyway, look, Oriana, this is really great talking to you. Uh, I'm sure our listeners uh, learned something here, and I'm sure we're going to be a few more campaigns on Kickstarter because of it. So anyway, thank you so much for being on More to Come. Thank you, Calvin. It's so nice talking to you. All right. Take care. Thanks. Bye.